everybody. Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, we're going to be talking about the Green Bay Packers versus the Minnesota Vikings. It was a high-scoring affair, 43-34. to 34. The Packers pulled this off. It was a mad comeback by Minnesota in the end, so this game looks a little closer on the scoreboard than it actually was, and that really affected the stat lines. I want to take a look at all of those different stat lines, including was Aaron Rodgers back or was this an aberration? What happened to the pass catchers for the Green Bay Packers? What happened to their running game? Then we switch sides. We take a look at Kirk Cousins. How was his day? How did Dalvin Cook fare? And, of course, how did the pass catchers for the Minnesota receiver receiving chorus happen? And, of course, how did the Minnesota receivers look catching the ball from Cousins today? I want to start off with the Green Bay Packers versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers had really good line play today. Now they lost David Bakhtiari, which I thought might be an issue, but they did a really good job of protecting Aaron Rodgers today. It's because they weren't overmatched by a very good Minnesota front seven. Now Minnesota was without their best front guy on the front seven. They take that into account, but really they were handled today by the Green Bay line overall. So I I definitely was encouraged by that from the Green Bay side. You know, Minnesota added Yannick Ngakwe. They they managed to keep Anthony Barr. They added uh, Cameron Dantzler on the back end. And they still have uh, Harrison Smith back there. So they're definitely still looking to be strong. Now they did lose a top cornerback. Uh, He was no longer a top cornerback in Xavier Rhodes. So they'll need to have that work out for them going forward. But I I do think there'll be better days for this defense because they'll have Daniel Hunter. And I think he's capable of making a big difference. You know, having your number one pass rusher, I feel like is going to make a big difference, you know, all the way down the way so that Yannick Ngakwe isn't getting doubled so that everybody else has a lot more room to move. I did notice that it felt like Minnesota had a little bit more beef up front and that led to a harder time running the ball. Uh, Jaleel Johnson looks huge up there, so I liked that a lot. So we'll see what that looks like going forward. I want to start with Aaron Rodgers. He was peak Aaron Rodgers today. It wasn't just the numbers. Obviously, the numbers jump out to you. It's you know 32 for 44, 364 yards, four touchdowns. Obviously, that's a big day. You add in that he – He only had the one carry for two yards. Peak Aaron Rodgers really ran for more yards, but really we're talking about veteran Aaron Rodgers now where he doesn't have to do that. He's more apt to throw it away. But you know what? We're not going to begrudge him for that. I liked what I saw from the offense overall, especially, like I said, the line. But really I liked the way they were mixing up the pass and the run. Last year, they were a little bit more dependent on the run, and it hurt their offense overall. They were way more dynamic. I would say that you could really tell who had been sitting home doing plays and who was doing the same old stuff. Matt LaFleur definitely had been drawing up plays in the offseason, thinking about Aaron Rodgers' strengths. And if it plays out the way it plays out today, he's going to throw the ball more than he did last year because they were way more dynamic. It seemed like Matt LaFleur had a better feel for what he was doing. That's a 
big positive for Aaron Rodgers going on last year. It was really the pass attempts that went down, and then he was a little banged up last year. So that's the reason for his downfall. I'll tell you, I, I definitely think this is his peak performance without the rushing. You know, 364 yards and four touchdowns, that's going to be about as high as he can go. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And if he keeps on doing what he was doing, I would definitely be on board with Aaron Rodgers. He had fastball. He definitely had zip on his throws. He was making people miss. He was alert in the pocket. Definitely something I didn't see from all the older quarterbacks this week. So I'm definitely buying Aaron Rodgers. The only question is, I hope this wasn't an aberration. I hope this wasn't just because they were playing Minnesota. They ran the ball less, and that certainly could be the case. Minnesota was really tough against the run. 32 for 158 yards. That was really buoyed by Tyler Irvin and a, and a couple of long runs to really inflate that. Overall, they had a tough day on the ground, and it will get better. You know, we might as well break into the rushing game since I'm talking about it already. They had a tough day. Aaron Jones, 16 yards, 60, or excuse me, 16 carries, 68 yards, 4.1 average. He did get the super late touchdown that kind of sealed the game. The good thing about Aaron Jones, even though there was so much more usage of Jamal Lewis, Tyler Irvin, and A.J. Dillon than I would have liked, the good thing about Aaron Jones was that he was getting the goal line carries. There were so many carries he got within the five and just couldn't quite get there. They called a touchdown back on him, and then he finally ran hard and got in there at the very end. They used him exactly how I wanted to see him used, except for the other people out there. He had targets. He got the targets in the red zone, and I'm really encouraged by that despite the semi-lackluster line. You know, really with a 43-point game, you would think he might have scored more, and next time he might because he got the carries. He was in there at the right times, and even though there was more usage of Jamal and Tyler Irvin, and that's going to be frustrating, and A.J. Dillon, that's going to frustrate you a good deal, but at the same time, there's going to be bigger days for Aaron Jones going forward. So we're buying Aaron Rodgers. We're buying Aaron Jones. We're buying the Aarons together. See maybe if you can get in on Aaron Jones now. There's going to be days like this where the game strip works against him a little bit, but at the same time, they definitely know that he is their most explosive back. So I'm definitely buying him going forward. Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, Tyler Irvin, that would be a committee. If Aaron Jones were to go down, it's still a committee right now. You know, there was 12 running back carries that went to other people, which I didn't like. And then, of course, you had the Alan Lazard carry for 19. I You want to see Aaron consolidate some of these carries, and there'll be attrition as there is every NFL season. So there will be more carries in his future. Like I said, it's weird to say that the game script worked against him a little bit. But really, that's a testament to the Minnesota defense. They were up in the face of the offensive line, and it really the passing game was way more effective than the running game on this day, and the numbers bore that out. Speaking of numbers, let's talk about the big performer of the week, Devontae Adams, 14 catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns. He was all over the field. That was not a fluky performance at all. They were moving him around. They could not cover him. He looked healthy. He was catching balls. He did the whole thing, the whole nine yards. And I love the way they were moving him around and getting him in space so they couldn't double him. 
I also like the way that the other wide receivers looked too. Improved play by Lazard and Marquise Valdez-Scantling. You know, they were rookies last year and they're coming in into year two. Typically we see a jump in their production. And that could also be a reason for the Aaron, Aaron Rodgers misproduction last year and his fall from grace is that, you know, those guys needed to hit the weight room. Uh, Alan Lazard and Scantling both looked like they were stronger. They were better at the point of the catch. And, I mean, Lazard, when he scored his touchdown, really he should have scored it the first time. He just fell down. And then they actually went back to him, luckily for him, to get him the touchdown. Scantling scored the touchdown. They're going to be way more up and down than Devontae, but I definitely think there's a place for them, especially in the wide receiver four where you're looking for them as a top streamer. Hopefully you're not having to start them. Hopefully you have bossier options than that. But I definitely like the way that they looked, and I don't think it was a fluke that they had the yards and the touchdowns that they had. But there's going to be days where they don't have to rely on the passing game as much as they had to this time. So this could be the peak of everybody. I mean, i got to imagine this is probably peak Devontae and peak Aaron Rodgers. So you're definitely buying them at your peak if you buy them right now. But I like the way they look looked, and I felt like Aaron Rodgers was healthy and had fastball. So I'm definitely recommending all the Packers, Aaron Jones included. I would try to get on Aaron Jones lower uh, while well, he had a lower tier performance for him. He's going to score those touchdowns. Like I said, they tried to give the ball to him. They, they were force-feeding Devontae Adams. And not even force-feeding, he was open. I love the way the offense looked. And this is a good defense, too. So you're definitely buying the Packers. You're buying this performance at the very least. And you're happy with where you got these Packers if you bought them. Let's switch sides. Let's go to the Minnesota offense versus the Packers defense. I think I had some sort of bias against the Packers defense at first. Felt like they were soft a little bit up the middle. And then they lost. Blake Martinez, and I was very concerned about what was going to happen for them this season up the middle. I kind of forgot that Kenny Clark was hurt later in the year, and he is a big deal for them up the middle. Having him with uh, people they have on the outside makes them very formidable. They added Christian Kirksey to replace Blake Martinez. He seemed to acquit himself just fine. And then having the whole secondary is a huge deal for them. Darnell Savage, having Jair Alexander, who made, made huge plays, Adrian Amos, and of course, the person I wish the Cowboys would have drafted instead of Taco Charlton, Kevin King out there. We'll see how they look as a defense as a whole. You know, they still have Zadarius Smith. They still have Preston Smith, the ads from last year. That's, their, that's the big focus of their defense. And what happens is – they're able to rush the passer at a high rate. So when they're able to pin their ears back and really go at it, and then you have Kenny Clark pushing the pocket up the middle, that's a dangerous combination. So having all those people healthy, I feel like is a big deal for them. And we'll see how that plays out for the rest of the year. Maybe not a defense, a top five defense, but definitely someone that you're not looking to target as a soft defense for your, for your skill position people. The Minnesota line is a quality unit. They're certainly going to have better days. You know, the right tackle, Brian O'Neill specifically got beat on one of the sacks. You know, they've got Garrett Bradbury up the middle. Riley Reef may not be a top-end tackle, but he holds his own. They're a Gary Kubiak zone offense now, and it showed. Dalvin – 
was running behind these guys pretty well, but the game script really worked against them in this one. And you know what? We usually go to the quarterback first, but let's break into Dalvin real quick. You know, he had the two touchdowns, so you're not worried about his day, but the yardage is somewhat concerning. 12 carries, 50 yards. He had targets, two targets. He only got the one catch for two yards. He was more involved in the passing game than that. He was doing routes, but they they did bring in Alexander Madison for some of the passing game work. And you look at the stat sheet and you say, oh, Alexander Madison had 50 yards. Oh, he had he had 30, 30 yards receiving, 80 yards total. That's pretty good. Well, most of that came in garbage time when it was really over. And even then, they still brought in Dalvin for the touchdown. I'm buying Dalvin. Certainly, you hope that the person that you're against – is looking at the yardage and saying, okay, I'm worried about what they're going to do. I'm worried about this offense. There's absolutely no reason to worry about Dalvin at all. He's going to be good to go. And if you can get him in a trade, I would definitely do that. If you're trying to consolidate two people into one, Dalvin's a good target because he's going to get the carries. He's going to get the usage. And even though they have Alexander Madison, it's just Dalvin and it's just him. There's not that third back that a lot of teams are trying to work in there right now. So that's also a positive for Dalvin. It was mainly game script. That was the main thing that kept him from having a big day. I mean, when you score two touchdowns, that's supposed to be a humongous day, but it was just kind of a regular day when you had just add the 50 yards and the two yards from the receiving. Kirk Cousins, 19 for 25, 259 yards and two touchdowns. His day was worse than that. He looked fine, but when you have to create something outside of the first two reads with him, it gets a little suspect. He had the two long passes that really – to Thielen that really brought this together for him yardage and numbers-wise. If he's your quarterback two or your quarterback three, you're probably okay. But if he's your quarterback one, you're in trouble because there's going to be a lot of days when they don't have to throw the ball as much as they did today. And there's going to be days where he's not – his inaccuracy and his lack of true fastball really put them in trouble. So I'm, I wouldn't want Kirk Cousin as a QB1. I don't think anybody was buying that in the first place. But this just definitely this performance definitely showed me that that's not something I would be looking at. He'll have chunk performances because Thielen is going to get loose and there's going to be times where people can't cover him. So that's going to be the times when he really takes advantage. But really, once it's outside of the design, once it's outside of the play action, that's when Kirk Cousins struggles. That's when the defense pins their ears back and gets to him. So I would be worried about that. But it doesn't worry me about the pass catchers of the Minnesota Vikings. One in particular, Adam Thielen. Now he had a big day, 110 yards, two touchdowns. One of those came super late in catch-up mode, which still counts. That counts just the same, but his day was inflated a bit. It seemed like he really got cooking later in the game when they kind of backed off a little bit and when – they were having to pass more than they usually would. Now there's a beautiful play on the play action where he makes a gorgeous catch. He looks healthy. He looks explosive. I love Adam Thielen this year. I got him wherever I could. And he, the reason being, he is their passing game. They threw it to other people. They threw it to Rudolph. They threw it to Irv. They threw it to Justin Jefferson. They even, and BC Johnson had 56 yards, but really, Thielen is the main deal in this this situation. And in a Gary Kubiak offense, typically there's one receiver that dominates and then there's the rest of them. And Thielen is the Andre Johnson in this scenario. Thielen 
is good to go. I would definitely be trying to get any piece about him I can. I worry about teams trying to double him and take him out of the equation. And really, teams are actually doubling the running game and then daring them to beat him. Them in the passing game would probably be the more likely to scenario. So I'm definitely buying Thielen, buying Dalvin. I'm not buying another single Viking. I might have Alexander Madison on my bench. The reason being, he is capable of taking over the, the first spot. He has burst. He has what you would need to want him to be an RB2 probably should he take over. He's not Dalvin by any stretch, though, and they know it. The only reason he gets run is that they're trying to not wear out Dalvin completely. So we're not buying Alexander Madison outside of a lottery ticket in the same mold that we're buying Chase Edmonds. They're going to be giving giving Dalvin the carries. The only difference between Alexander Madison and Chase Edmonds is Chase Edmonds might actually be better than Kenyon Drake. Well, that's all I have for today. This was a fun game to watch. I hope I get to watch more like this going forward. I hope you take this information and go win your league. Have a great day.